Warning, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are based on psychic impressions and true life events that may be potentially frightening and or disturbing to some viewers. Any of the information that is shared in this production should not replace the advice of medical professionals and is intended for general purposes only. Viewer discretion is advised. Even though two-thirds of the American population believes in something paranormal and half of the nation has claimed to have had an unexplained encounter, the subject still remains widely misinformed, misunderstood, and somewhat taboo in the minds of many. In our work, we have found that there is a vast number of individuals and families that have experienced paranormal-related activity on some level, whether that be occasionally or on a more frequent basis. Sadly, many of those who have had these encounters find it very hard to admit to what they are hearing or seeing due to the fear of the potential persecution from society and or the possibility of dealing with even more frightening encounters. It could be your neighbor, co-worker, or even a family member. With little or no options for help and assistance, many of these victims independently search for answers that seemingly lead to more questions and in turn often suffer in silence. One of the main purposes of the Lights at Midnight podcast is to raise awareness of these issues by giving a voice to those who have chosen to remain voiceless for understandable reasons, letting them know they are not alone. We have made it our mission to help those who seek to identify their own supernatural experiences by using our psychic abilities and the knowledge that we have gained along the way from our own paranormal encounters, as well as sharing the stories of others in this season. In most cases, there is an initial cause that sparks these unexplained events. In our work, we call this the origin. We felt it would be important to start at the beginning, to set a foundation for our listeners, whether that be for entertainment or informational purposes. So without further ado, Lights at Midnight podcast proudly presents to you Season 1 Origins. Okay. Hello everyone, and welcome to our brand new podcast, where the name of this recording is Bitch Ass Recording. Is it because you didn't know what to name it or is it because you were so freaking fed up? You were like, fuck this. Yeah. Yeah. I named it bitch ass recording because I didn't figure it was going to work, but Mm -hmm. I was wrong. Um, Yeah. Mm. Well, did you hear that motorcycle in the background? Yes, I did. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) I don't know what else to do about it. I was going to edit that out. I have no idea. (laughs) YOLO. It was yeah. a goo. Just, just <laughs> kidding. We all know we don't live just once. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. JK. JK. Just kidding. In today's show, we're going to talk about who the fuck we are. <laughs> <laughs> and our past lives before we do what we do now. And we're just going to give y'all a little bit of... What it is we do, like our first paranormal experience, how did we know we were psychic, and our scariest experiences, and why we do what we do now, spiritually. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Like, delete all this shit. No. (laughs) I don't know why I started laughing. (laughs) You're empathic, and the things I've done with my life in the last 15 minutes have come to you. (laughs) I get drunk. <laughs> you will say that. Let's say I'm drunk. Okay. Okay. Well, you're you're happy. You're in your happy place. Yeah. <laughs> I have nerves. Damn it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! No, look, you did it too. You're so empathic. <laughs> Yep. yep. 
I think you should start first. Okay. Fuck. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's not going to go. Like, okay. All right. So, hi, guys. <laughs> Welcome <laughs> to Lights at Midnight Podcast. I'm Emily, and this is... This is Chastity, a.k.a. Luna Beams. Yes. And today we are going to be discussing quite a few things here about how we got started in some ways. Basically about ourselves before we realized we were psychic mediums and we will be talking about our paranormal experiences and some defining moments that told us that we had abilities and some of our scarier experiences. <laughs> yes. And then so. pretty much why we do what we do and now, so. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. <laughs> Don't start laughing because I'll start laughing. I'm trying not to. <laughs> <clears throat> okay. Topic so. number one. Who are you, Chastity? Who am I? Who are you? Oh, you're Chastity? going first. <laughs> I'm going first. Okay, fine. So my name is Chastity. I, um, if we're going back to the backstory, I've lived in the same place most of my life and dealt with the same people. Childhood was pretty normal when it come to not paranormal except for when i decided uh to play with a ouija board like a dummy but yeah so before all that and after that i was the pretty normal i went to high school went to college got married had kids my past life was basically a bartender never used my college degree but for about six months it was pretty useless and uh, an event planner so i had 10 years in that and i'd always had something a little bit different kind of about me and I always thought I was weird because I'd have flashes of visions or when I would finish people's sentences and had a lot of crazy stuff happen though in my teenage years. But as far as who I am and what I used to do, I guess, say, guess you could say pre-pandemic, um, that was about it. And I had kind of a cookie cutter life. Interesting. Yes. Then, then, then shit hit the fan. Yeah. Blame it on the Rona. Yep. Everything went crazy. And one interesting thing about that is uh, in 2020, there was a huge astrological shift that um, changed everybody's pattern. Like the day they dropped the news um, about COVID on the news, that was the same day of this great astrological shift. Astrologers knew it was going to be so bad that they took literally like the top astrologers in the United States took a cruise just to talk about what was going to happen. They couldn't tell you what was going to happen, but they knew something big was going to happen. Now, that's before, you know, I knew anything about all this, but interesting fact. Ooh, fascinating. Yep. I feel a lot of people, life's changed after that in one way or another, especially spiritually, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had a lot of attacks <laughs> in 2020. Yeah, I did too. I was literally fighting things off of me and my family in 2020. And that's why I became who I was. I wanted to make sure my family was protected because I'd always dealt with stuff like that, but I never um never knew exactly what to do and then I found some cool people and some cool information. Hi. <laughs> Just kidding. Yep. <laughs> Definitely one of them. Mm. Well, Emily, who are you and what the do you do? Hi. <laughs> so, as you already know, my name is Emily. I have a degree in sociology of social deviance and behavior, which focuses on the criminal aspects of people's behaviors and the motivations behind the, these behaviors with a lot of focus in psychology, such as abnormal... Oh, wow, fucked that up already. <laughs> <laughs> such as... Um, Abnorm yeah, abnormalities in brain function, <laughs> mental illness, and environmental variables. My main goal was to become a criminal profiler. <laughs> criminal profiler. <laughs> 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 
However, due to the job market, I ended up in retail and didn't use my degree at all. That's what at we all. have in common. Mm-hmm. We have that in common. And then on the side, I had started an art business called Lido Fine Art, which then morphed over time into Lido Fine Art, the fine art medium. And the fine art medium, in short, once I decided to start a paranormal business. So. Hells, yeah. Hells, yeah. I do yeah. stuff myself. I just, I could go through all of it, but yeah, it's literally, I did what I was supposed to do. I just, you know, graduated college, had kids, or got married, had kids. I did the whole what, you know, the American dream stuff. Well, that all got burnt to the ground, so mm-hmm. that's okay, though. We always transform. That's right. It's a part of life. Mm-hmm. So, Chastity... What was, or like, what is the first paranormal experience that you remember? So it kind of is a two-parter. So I'm going to say like the first couple, because it was over a few years. The first paranormal experience was when my grandfather passed, or my great-grandfather passed away. He actually had like a 1970s Ouija board. And it come to my mom and dad's house, and it was there. And I was 12 years old, and I was with my friend Jessica, and Jessica was like a church-going uh, family. Her whole family was church-going. And she was like, this stuff really works. And I called her bullshit on it. I'm like, no, it doesn't. It does not work. Well, um, we took it out and we tried it out. And it worked on the first time. So we did that like three or four times. We'd ask questions that it had no way of knowing the answers to. And it would tell us things like our social security number. I wasn't moving it. Jessica didn't know the social security number. Things like our mom's middle name. Well, she didn't know my mom's middle name, and I wasn't moving the planchette. And uh, let's see. Oh, the last time we ever used it, we asked what his name was, and it told us it was Jesus. (laughs) Yeah. So we were like 13, 12, 13, freaked us out, and yeah, we were done. After that, we knew something was really wrong. And... uh, yeah, I didn't really have any paranormal experiences outside of that, except things in my life started getting really bad. Parents uh, fighting all the time and just having a lot of issues at home and with my own um, happiness. Always upset, contemplated things that I probably shouldn't have, uh, very just depressed. And I guess that moves into when I met my ex-husband We went up to his house with a few of my friends, including Jessica and another friend, Kelly, and we decided to go to Payne Road, where he lives. There's a road called Payne Road. Uh, There was some murders out there, and they're like, yeah, if you stop your car on the bridge, it gets pushed off and all that. Well, we rode up and down the road doing teenage stuff. We got back to his house, and then when we went to go leave, all three of us were dead quiet, and it was because all three of us felt like something was following us almost like it was on the back of the car. And I would say this was the defining, most scariest moment, honestly, because that's when things changed forever for me. And we all felt that way. We didn't even say anything to each other. We um, just knew about 20 minutes into the drive is when we finally all figured out that we were having something follow us. And that feeling did not stop until we got home, which was 35 minutes away. Um, We all felt like it was something black and it was in a long robe or like a Kind of like those things you see on Harry Potter. What are they called? The ones that fly around. Oh, the Death Eaters. Because I can see it. I literally see it right now. Like how the tattered cloak is like waving in the wind kind of. Mm -hmm. But it's like in a mist kind of form. And it kind of like fades into the air a bit. Yeah, it was so bad. And this was, you know, I was 16 years old. And yeah, this thing, basically what I saw in my mind then before I ever do anything looked pretty much just like that. It was like telling on, holding on to the back of the car. Did not let us go until we got back into another whole county. Like we were a whole county away. It was crazy. And we went inside and never spoke of it again. So that was like my first like paranormal experiences and how it ties into my personal story. Mm -hmm. Wait, I have a question. Yes. Okay, I'm sorry, but are you sure it was Jesus and not Jesus? Right, I have thought that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, considering everything that happened, I'm pretty sure it, it meant Jesus. I know, I know, I was kidding. <laughs> I was like, 
Jesus. It definitely wasn't Jesus. And if it was Jesus, well, yeah. he fucked up by telling us his real name. Because how was that going to go between two suburban white girls in the South? So, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, you're going to try to talk mm-hmm. to us? Yeah, that's not happening. But the interesting thing was, is like, being this girl, she's the only person that I'm still like close to from high school. Like, I actually talk to on at least a weekly basis. We get our get- kids together. There's nobody else that that happens to. And me and her actually explored our psychic abilities. It's literally just come back to me even after that when we were around 16, 17 years old. But I'll save that for another day. But she's the only person I'm still close to. Wow. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And what about you, Em? What was your first first paranormal experience? So recently, I actually had a memory resurface of a time when I was around the age of seven or eight. I remember having a reoccurring nightmare over and over again where this thing pretended to be my mom and would start screaming things at me and chase me down. Ew. Um, Yeah, it was freaking disgusting. (laughs) So we would be sitting on the recliner with me and my mom's lap just to watch TV um in some weird room like i don't know i don't think it was in the house i just moved from i think it was a house before like before that house but um i had recently or accidentally when i was in the in the dream right i had accidentally stabbed my fingers on a tiny decorational cactus which is random it's weird because i don't even think my mom owned any any decorational cactuses but they were like alive right and so i remember feeling it in the dream and it hurt like it literally felt like i stabbed myself with all the little needles with the cactus that's like a sleeping beauty on crack episode right there (laughs) in the hood (laughs) yeah (laughs) and so yeah those needles got stuck in my fingers and i felt it and, you know, because I, when I was younger, I was always afraid of getting in trouble and getting yelled at by my parents. So, of course, I pretended nothing happened and just, you know, went back sitting and watching TV with my mom and trying to pull the things out of my fingers. And mm. then all of a sudden, as we're watching TV, she starts saying these really mean things like how I'm awful, how she doesn't love me and how she doesn't want me, which is like really terrifying as like a seven or eight year old so as she's saying these things her face starts morphing into something green and grotesque really creepy and it kind of reminds me of is it the riddler is he the green looking guy i'm pretty sure but i've never watched like all the batman or never was into the comics so we're just gonna say yes yes (laughs) well i didn't either so that's what's weird but it just reminded me of that Leave us a comment down below if you know for sure. (laughs) Yeah. Is it the Riddler? (laughs) So I was like seven. So yeah, it terrified me. And of course, I tried running away, but the thing would chase me. And it's like green, ugly ass form that looks like my mom, but it's not. And, And I would be chased until I would wake up and... This dream happened like five different times. So it would happen one day and then a week later and then maybe a month later, then maybe two months or three months later, and then some other time after that. And it was the same dream. Mm. So I know now that was an astral attack and it was one of my very first ones. And I did tell my mom about it and she pretty much said not to eat snacks too late before going to bed. And I was just like, okay, but I didn't. (laughs) But, you know, parents sometimes don't believe you because you're a kid. And so when it happened again, I just didn't say anything out of fear of getting yelled at. But, yeah, a more prominent experience I had. I'm about the same age, so maybe eight or nine this time. And I remember telling my mom like one night that the porcelain dolls that I had in my room, which I think they were gifted to me by my aunt and some family relatives uh, along the lines, but some family relatives had gifted them to me and my mom put them in my room and put them on high shelves. 
But so one morning when my mom came into my room to wake me up for school, she freaked out because all those dolls were turned around facing the walls. And mind you, you know, even if I stood on my bed, I could not reach it. I'm tiny. I'm still tiny. And back then I was even tinier. So there was no way I could reach it. But my parents didn't believe me. They thought I somehow climbed up there and did it anyway. Yeah, you scaled the wall like Spider-Man just to turn the dolls away. I always wanted to be Spider-Man, damn it. <laughs> Absolutely, you may have, but I'm not too sure about that because of every the all the events that's happened at your house since. And yeah, yeah that's, that's nuts. That reminds me of um, my house too, but go ahead, finish your story. No, that's it. <laughs> oh, well, perfect. Hey. So, hey. um I will mention this about my home. So my home was never meant to be a home, my childhood home. It was meant to be a garage. And then sometime in the 40s, they built a house around it, like a cement garage. So part of my house was cement. Um, I did not grow up rich. I grew up fairly uh, not too rich. But uh, the house was definitely older. And my grandmother, my dad's mom, actually, her and her husband and my dad and his sister lived there when they were little. Well, my house, uh, before they lived there, there was a man that owned the house and he drank himself to death in the kitchen there, which is very interesting because my mom struggled with that kind of stuff, you know, throughout her life and most of my family. So it's almost uh, very interesting when you think about it. It's almost like it uh, come over from the past when you, because she would see this man in this house and she don't remember because she had an NED and she don't remember a whole lot since I did see him one day when I woke up when I was 14 and there was a man standing across the room and I had a day bed and I woke up and opened my eyes and there he was. He was outlined in white. I swear. I just remembered that this happened in between the Ouija board and then the experience in the car. Totally forgot about that, but I am pushing 40. So forgive me and my old brain. <laughs> but yeah. So the, <laughs> the house, um, when my grandmother lived there, my great, or yes, my grandmother, my dad's mom, she actually was practicing witchcraft, but not necessarily good witchcraft. Uh, she had a revelation because she did not like somebody so much that she willed a tree to fall on them. Well, so many months later, years later, she ended up deciding to go to church and getting saved. And she said the devil visited her in her bedroom that night, it was blacker than the black. There were no lights on. And it told her, uh, the entity told her, you belong to me. You were mine. And she replied to it, I'm covered in the blood of Jesus Christ. You can't have me. And it disappeared. Well, guess whose room she was sleeping in when that happened? Mine. Bingo. Yeah. And that that wall she said he walked through was a cement wall. And all like when I lived there, I was starting, I was young, so I didn't know. There was like black specks all over it. And I'm like, what's this? Then I got old enough to realize it was black mold. Ooh. So I'd have to take Clorox and clean off the black mold through the wall, the cement wall to the outside that evidently, according to my grandmother, to her, the devil passed through and wanted her back. Truly, I think it was a demon, probably not the devil himself, but mm -hmm. that's just me. But that, re mm -hmm. that reminded me about my house. Do you want to tell us a little bit about your house oh there's so many things with my house i honestly don't know the history of it i just know that like we moved there in 1998 and i think it was only there probably 95 or 96 and before then it was just farmland and my house was like one of like two or three houses in that development but a lot of shit went on in that house um yeah a lot of paranormal activity that i didn't realize until later but um i remember having so many astral projection experiences there um yeah one movie that actually i think started it which is very funny but it was kiki's delivery service right i, don't even know what that is. I love that movie <laughs> You don't know what that is? No, I've never heard of it. Let me guess we can talk about it later. But if anybody knows, it's I don't a, know. It's a Ghibli film, right? So it's basically about this little girl who's a who's a witch, right? Okay. But so she's flying. She does delivery services on her broom, 
okay <laughs> right <laughs> it's so adorable Kick but anyway, ass. yeah and that kind of started my astral projection experiences in my house and i was probably eight or nine when that That's started cool. happening but um later maybe towards 2017 is when you know some of the really negative stuff would pop in such as like um the spider entities there was a demonic entity succubus en uh, entity and a whole host of shit but yeah that yeah. house that house even now is still having issues and because yeah. i'm not there i'm not there to cleanse it and so the issues just get worse yeah and you've told me your family doesn't really no nope, uh, agree with your agree with what you say and you know we also spoke about how you know it's probably the land because your house was yeah. so new that you know it hasn't those types of areas haven't been you know underwater a lot that land has seen a lot for over many 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 years so there's yeah. no telling but it's definitely something that me and you both discussed we feel that was attached to the land for my house i think it was just um the activity that happened in it and attached to people yeah so there's a big difference in like how we got affected i'd always had been different when i was little i was always more mature I always kept to myself i was the only child so i had a lot of time to think and i never really realized some of those thoughts like the thoughts and things i would know i never realized that they could have been psychic abilities until i was older mm -hmm. yeah which... and i mean um i was the same way growing up i played uh varsity sports and stuff and even though i was on the team i felt like the outcast like yeah. for everything i did i didn't have many friends really um i didn't get along with a lot of people and my my dad's side is catholic my mom is a she just doesn't care about religion so she i she don't identify as anything really but right. my my dad is more on the catholic side and he doesn't really talk about that stuff and he doesn't agree with that stuff especially when i was growing up so when i was having these experiences i couldn't tell them um until recently maybe 2017 i started talking to my mom more about it because the experiences had gotten so bad that it would be like it would be nighttime and then all of a sudden i'd feel something in my room yeah. and it was so bad that like i couldn't sleep i was terrified and i'm like 20 some years mm -hmm. old at that point and i'm yeah, I'm, I just and saw I'm freaking out like, it literally just triggered a vision in me it's like you're laying in bed and maybe in like the left corner of your bedroom or for my the way mm -hmm. i'm seeing it i see something just black just start from the floor and grow up the side yep the of the uh corner of the room so it like manifested from the corner and i'm saying it's manifested from the corner where those porcelain dolls used to be yeah that's how i saw it but i see it near the porcelain dolls like they're on the opposite wall or something or they were they might not have been then because you were like 20 but you know i wouldn't throw any yeah. shade if they were <laughs> so like i had throughout the years my bedroom moved around in the house so like i was in one room till I was like probably 20 and then I moved down to the basement and I was there for a few years oh. and that's where it got even worse and then my parents moved me back up to my brother's old room to right. see if that would help and uh, it did not <laughs> yeah I saw this and I would assume what it from what I saw could have been in your old your first room but I might yeah. be wrong but that's yeah, where the, I saw it I that, saw the first, it the first room is where I had the porcelain dolls. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Which I didn't really know. get a reference to how old you were, <clears throat> but yeah, I see it. It's like a I don't know why it's throwing off shades of blue too, because I'm getting like um, blue. I'm seeing a lot of blue for some reason. I don't know why. I don't know if it's this because I see colors associated with entities as well to help me identify the emotional things they are attached to to people. Yeah, so I mean, blue is for me like sadness, depression, you know, just and it can be good, but it's it can be calming, but not when it's related to stuff like this. Yeah. And so I was in that room from probably six or seven years old till maybe 20 until I started college until oh, after college, maybe so like 23. But right. um, 
when I would see stuff in that room, I didn't see it as much as I did in the basement. I saw that black thing in the basement, but when I saw things in my first room, I would see it in my doorway. I always kept my door wide open because I always felt very like I I felt trapped and I didn't like that. So I always had my door wide open and you know, it just reminded me I had a cat and she would just come into my room when I'm sleeping and attack my face for no reason. I just remembered that. That's awful. She, it was terrible. I've had a cat do that shit too. And I'm going to tell you yeah. what, I love cats, but that's like one of the side effects of having a bad cat. They just were like, mm -hmm. I want to eat your face. They say, you know, that if cats were bigger like lions. Like they do think about eating you, but they know they can't. So don't try. <laughs> um, evidently that was a scientific study, but just yeah. saying, I mean, I might be wrong, but um, yeah, she wanted to eat your face. Uh, yeah. That's nice. pretty frightening. <laughs> But yeah, so I always would have my door open and I would see things in the doorway and then the hallway. I would see shadows and stuff and faces. Mm -mm. I would see a lot of faces in shadow in the doorway and in the hallway. And I right. remember being so scared, so scared. And I thought, you know, leaving my door open, like I had German Shepherd, like she was a big dog she was a good dog like she was very protective and i always thought like if anything were there she'd come and help me but uh yeah she did not <laughs> i felt right. i felt very uh abandoned by my dog <laughs> i would see stuff like that like in the darkness that's darker than dark i didn't yeah. i don't recall seeing that in my childhood home but i do recall seeing that in the first home that i had that was outside of living with my parents or my grandma. Mm -hmm. So I can associate um, that experience with experiences I've had as well. And that ha started happening from like the age of 18 on up until I moved out of that house at like 23. So yeah, I can relate to that. Just not in my childhood home in the mm -hmm. crazy spooky house, the uh, mm -hmm. demon infested house I lived in or whatever. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so <laughs> yeah but like so that dark shadow you saw that's what i would see in the my ba in like the basement room down there okay like at the peak at the peak of the bad bad stuff is that's when I interesting would see that yeah and i would see it's it almost like it would engulf the whole room the way it uh -huh. made me feel it literally started really really small and then it just almost like a Hollywood movie type scene where you see stuff start really small and then the shadow creeps up the wall and then its arms go up both sides of the ceilings and then like cover your bed. Yeah. Yep. That's what and made me feel like. On the left too is when I really would see it. Yeah. Yeah. That's how it made me feel. Cause you're my POV, like, cause where I get visions of other people's experiences, that's, I try to do it from that point of view. It's different from when I like remote view, I guess you could call it, but mm -hmm. this is, yeah, I saw that shit. What was blue down there? What would make the room blue? So, anything or is that just the energy? So I never saw anything blue down there. Like, but in my first room, if I saw anything, it was green. Like was I the walls see. blue? Were there anything anything painted blue or significantly blue in that room? Okay, so my bedroom was blue, and then it That's was probably. yeah, it was blue. But then my mom thought it would be a cool idea to paint my walls lime green. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is kind of cute for you know the early two thousands, I guess. Lime green with a uh, yellow uh, trim. <laughs> oh Lord. Uh huh. That's anxiety inducing. <laughs> uh huh. So I have a twitch now. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> oh, man. Well, that pretty much covers our first couple paranormal experiences. But, but I think topic number three, you got anything else you want to add to that, though? Um, no, I was just going to ask you what your defining moment of when you knew you had abilities was. Oh, yeah, that's what I was moving to. We're looking at we're looking at cheat sheets. So mm -hmm. at least we're on the same page. So how like define an ability? Um, I knew that I had gifts like early on in my I'd say teenage uh, in teenage years, early 20s, but I never embraced it. I just knew that I could see and know things before everybody else. I've had dreams, uh, prophetic dreams come true about certain things in my life. But um, the defining moment for me when I accepted that and decided that, okay, I really do have abilities was in 2019. I was drawn to um, 
somebody's uh, passing, basically. So this was before they knew the uh, big old C word existed, COVID. I call it the C, basically, because, you know, it's almost forbidden to say anywhere um, on public broadcast and stuff like that, unless it's, you're the news channel. But anyways, that's another topic. Um, I was drawn to a family member by marriage that was going uh, to have the basically the pu- plug pulled on her. She had evidently a lung disease. She had been really sick and she had a bunch of scar tissue on her lungs. And they said, you know, evidently they've missed this and uh, she wasn't, you know, wasn't going to make it. So they were going to take her off the respirator. We're pretty sure it was COVID because it was three months later is when they finally like let out the cat out of the bag and said, hey, this is going around. But we didn't know then. But I had a premonition that nobody was going to be in the room with her. And she was kind of she was basically like my grandmother, too. So I already knew that none of her family was going to be in there with her except her daughter-in-law. And I was right. So I went there to be with her because I had this overwhelming need to be with that woman, to hold her hand, to make sure that she could, you know, be comfortable as she transitioned. And I didn't understand why. Um, But I I knew I had to be there. Lo and behold, I get there because they had set a time and a place for this. It's like a really sad story, actually. Um, with kind of a happy ending, if you can look at it the way this way. But um, we were there when the time came for them to take her off the machine. And I held her hand and, you know, I just did prayer. I prayed and, you know, for held her hands. And, you know, it was a very emotional moment. And all of a sudden, like in my mind's eye, everything flooded completely white. And I already had seen things when I closed my eyes and stuff like that. So it's nothing new. But this is when I knew something was you know, this was it. Uh, everything flooded completely white because I was, you know, asking him to come get her because I already knew that, you know, we had family members meet us when we take our last breath and before we're, they're there with us all the time. I started seeing three uh, beings in my mind's eye. I don't think I've ever told you about this, Emily, have I? Nope. Yeah. So um, there were three beings as I sat there and asked for, you know, somebody to come in, help her transition. She fought for 45 minutes so it wasn't it wasn't extremely unpeaceful, but it was still kind of hard to be around that. And uh, I I noticed they come into my mind's eye. I went to a meditative state. I put my head on the side of the bed because we were in chairs and I was holding her hand. All of a sudden, her sister-in-law hollers out. She says, praise Jesus, and like takes a big gasp. And when I opened my eyes, that same white light that I was seeing in my mind's eye had filled the room. And Rose looked right at me and said, did you see that? She's like, the whole room just lit up. I did not say a word to her. And that's when she took her last breath and her soul left her body. Because even though your heart don't stop for up to eight minutes, if you have a natural passing, they, you know, and they say that, yeah, you're still alive in there. You just stop breathing. I disagree because you can tell when somebody's soul leaves their body. She had come and she was taken and the whole light that I was seeing in my mind's eye filled the room. And I knew then I was like, what just happened? Did I, did this really happen this way? Cause like I said, it was extremely emotional, but that's when I knew. And then a blast from the past came back shortly after when involving a entity I dealt with. Cause I still didn't know I was psychic when I dealt with all that stuff. Um, but when that came back, I decided to take charge of my life and my family and protect my family because I had kids, excuse me, I had kids and I wasn't about to let nothing nasty come in and mess with them. So I decided, well, I know I can see things. I know I hear things. I know I know things. It's time. I made that decision. And that was in right in the end of 2019 and 2020. So that's how I knew that I was officially psychic, even though I already knew that's when I accepted it. So I had been having visions for 10 or more years prior. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's crazy. Yeah. Like knowing and then accepting are two different things when it comes to this stuff. Right. For sure. And that's probably the most defining moment is like, I knew I was not normal. I knew I could do things and, but I never accepted it until that moment. And yeah, it's Mm -hmm. been like almost three years now. And whoa, what a change. <laughs> yeah, it's about the same time for me too, like 2019. Yeah, and that's the spiritual transition. So we 
we could talk about this in probably another episode moving forward, but I will say mm-hmm. it goes back to that whole astrological alignment with a lot of different planets that are actually uh, throwing out the energy for people to be more awakened, more spiritually aware. So, I mean, a lot of people, and I'm saying this right now, people listening, you could, if you have any spiritual experiences or if you've noticed, you'll probably around the same time frame notice that that happened to you too. If not, it's been happening over the last three years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's my, that's, I mean, from the research I've done and everything. Yeah. It's crazy. Yep. Well, Emily, okay. what was your response? <laughs> Okay, so this story is kind of funny, kind of, kind of. So um, I had just recently at this time, so it was like 2017, so recently in the beginning kind of of the year or right before 2018. But anyway, so I had gotten a tablet for the first time to work on digital art because I wanted to work on that. But so I was doing that for hours, and this is when my room is in the basement, okay? Yeah. And... I was with my ex, uh, but anyway, so um, I'm doing it for an hours, working on my digital drawing, learning how to do it, and then all of a sudden, I get this random, random, like, image, vision thing of my dog, Penny, you, you probably don't know who that is, because she's my parents' dog, but um, she's a Shiba Inu, and she's crazy, but anyway... Aww. Penny, I saw in this vision thing that she was carrying a knife in her mouth. (laughs) Yeah. And I was like, there's no way. Like, I thought it was my imagination. Like, I don't know. I, I just thought there's no way that my puppy could have gotten a knife. So I thought. But then about a few minutes later, I hear my ex say pretty much scream at the top of the stairs uh penny's got a knife from the table because she so what happens is when you eat dinner at the table right when you're not looking if you leave the table she will jump on the chair and sit like a person (laughs) (laughs) and so we had just finished dinner and there was still silverware on the table and so she jumped up on the table and grabbed a knife and she was running around with it because you know they were chasing her to get it out of her mouth (laughs) when you (laughs) when you you know when you when your dog gets something you don't want it to have it knows it's gonna run away oh yeah so it wasn't until they stopped chasing her that she dropped it and just started licking it but after that i wasn't fully convinced for whatever reason right so i did something very very stupid oh lord (laughs) I took my best friend and we went to the Brinton Lodge ghost tour uh, here in Pennsylvania and I wanted to test it out. I just wanted to be like, okay, if I am psychic, then I should have no problem picking things up. Boy, you ripped the bandaid off. I did. The skin came with it. Everything, just everything fell off as soon as you took the bandaid off. The skin (laughs) and everything. Yep. Uh Uh-huh. And And so I picked up a lot of things and I was very surprised. And I even picked up, I picked up a lot of the feelings, of course. Um, But so I kept got, I kept getting an image playing in my head of like this pregnant lady and her falling down the stairs. And I said it to my friend and then would you know it? Not even a few seconds. The guide doing the tour tells us the story of this pregnant lady almost falling down the stairs and this ghost force um catching her and not letting her fall that's so mm-hmm. but i would i during the tour i saw like um outlines of people i saw this really like def like definite like red angry outline of a man and at that same time my friend was experiencing things on her end and you know we were taking pictures and stuff and we caught in front of her it was like a white smoke in front of her and she's like someone's touching my face someone's touching my face and now she's saying that i took the picture and there was white smoke right in front of her face that's crazy bananas if i have those images i need to show you i don't know if i still have them though i might 
But yeah, that um, would be dope. We'd have to yeah. share. Yeah, I have a few myself, but I'd have to locate all of them. But so, like, I was going through the tour, seeing things. Towards the middle, I see like this dark purple orb ghost child, and I'm like, that ain't no child. And then I, I say that to my friend because she's there as my validation person to make right. sure I'm not cray cray. And she's like, okay. And then the tour guide's like, sometimes in this room, there's this little girl that can be seen. And I'm just like, yeah, it's not a little girl. It's trying to pretend that it is, but it's not. And then um, the tour guide starts talking about how she collects Ouija boards and how she's got dozens of them and they use them in the one room. And I'm like, uh-oh, that's not good. Yeah. And we get to this one part and all I see, it looks like a force field kind of thing. But this room, it was like a force field, but there was a, there was a massive portal. And I can remember, I can actually see it again now. I'm seeing it in my mind's eye. And it almost looked like, um, what's the best? Like chicken wire. You know how it's like thin and it's got like the wiry. But what I saw, it was like that. And it covered the entire room, but it was red and orange. Wow. Yeah. And then there was this massive mirror that was probably 12 feet tall. And probably, I don't know, seven to eight feet wide. This thing was massive. And the first thing I heard was, that's a portal. And that was um, clear cognitively. I heard that. And that room felt terrible. And I'm like, bad things are in this room. And then the lady is like, oh, yeah, sometimes there's this really black, black figure And this thing is like seven feet tall and it's huge and it scares everybody and it makes people leave. And I'm like, yeah. And I heard that it came from one of the Ouija boards. Had to have. Yeah, when you do all that stuff, it opens doorways and you continually do it. It's just letting more and more stuff in. It's the craziest thing ever. But anyway, sorry. And she had dozens of Ouija boards and they were just constantly using them. Yeah. I'm surprised that lady is still alive, to be honest. Right. Right. Well, they need her to let the stuff come in. So, Yep. I was just going to say that. (laughs) (laughs) It's not funny, but it's kind of funny because you're doing it to yourself. I mean, I know everybody has their own differencing opinions about Ouija boards, but at Mm -hmm. the end of the day, for the most part, bad shit comes through them. You you can take Mm -hmm. your chances. It's like playing Russian roulette with a planchette. I mean, go Mm -hmm. for it if you want to, but just know. Russian roulette with a planchette. TM yeah, I'm a great shit. rapper. I'm a, I'm a TM TM trademark that. <laughs> yep. Don't nobody um, use it. I swear. Trademark that shit. We were gonna put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, because I was wide open and had no prior experience with knowing how to protect myself. Um. Yeah. Bad things start to happen. And one thing I wanted to point out that I didn't do that I should have done, and I'm so I'm still mad at myself that I didn't do it, but at the same time, I did not know. I did not cleanse myself before I left that location. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. was bad. That was so bad. Yeah, and not knowing and any type of cleansing, whether it's energetic, sage, anything's going to help, or even have stones or whatever your method is. I had stones, but I didn't do it right because they were not charged and they were not cleansed. That's understandable. That's Mm -hmm. crazy. But it was through those traumatizing experiences that I discovered my mission. And I needed to share my experiences and create a community of people just like me who experienced psychic and astral attacks and to come up with a solution. Thus, the fine art medium was born um yeah because of that and bringing all that shit home oh my god that's when the astral attacks got crazy oh oh emily oh portals mm-hmm. bedroom and the first mm-hmm. thing you saw was a portal and I'm, i saw the portals in your bedroom just saying that just clicked uh-huh. maybe not maybe not maybe anyone so that but... was your scariest experience or was that, no, that... your my defining moment defining moment okay i was just making sure we didn't merge those together Mm -mm. oh no 
Yeah, no. Um, but yeah, it wasn't until I met you, Chastity, that I knew exactly what my abilities were because you helped me kind of figure out and navigate what they were and how to navigate and train them and practice and all that stuff. But oh, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, through your astrology understanding because mm -hmm. I had no idea, but I discovered my abilities of claircognizant clear uh cognizance clairvoyance and clairaudience yeah and it's it's totally a big difference if you don't you won't even notice them too sometimes if you don't like really yeah. think you know what i'm saying like think about them individually sometimes this all runs together and you might not even know you have all those abilities and i didn't i had no idea i just knew i saw shit from time to time and i and i have the ability to astral project in astral will travel around different realms and i didn't understand like all that was going on i just thought right. these are the experiences i am having and i don't know why it's tough like learning for on your own like there's no there's nobody there are people that can kind of give you guidance but there's nobody to really like sit you down and say hey yeah. you know like we all nobody really has that and mm -hmm. that's one of the reasons that we wanted to start this podcast is part of it yeah it's part of the reasons to help people understand what's actually happening to them mm -hmm. yeah because i feel like the more you understand the learn the the more you can learn how to protect yourself and protect other people if that's how you want to go with it right and i can only speak mm -hmm. from experience so yeah of course i can read and regurgitate information but the way yeah. that i learn is through experience mostly same, so you know same. of course i don't have all the defining answers or nor do you and i don't claim to but i can tell you exactly what i experienced i can tell you how it made me feel and i can tell you what i've learned along the way and that's the best i can do you know yeah so, exactly sure it could be relatable to somebody i know people out there have the same questions that we did mm -hmm. a few years back absolutely yeah and like you said like i don't claim to know everything but i can share my experiences and what i've learned from them and maybe you know sometimes people can apply those lessons into their own experiences and help them grow as well exactly all right guys so we have decided to break this up into two episodes we've got some juicy mm -hmm. details including our scariest experiences as well as why we do what we do now so yes yes stay like tuned that. we will be releasing both episode one and two so make sure you check out episode two it's literally already there all i gotta do is just click on over and please if you are ever so kind enough to follow us you're on apple please give us a rating if you like or maybe wait i don't know totally up to you but it would be super rad thank you to all that took the time to listen to this week's episode your support means the world to us and remember all of us have the ability to shine brightly and shed positivity even in the darkest of places one thing you can do to spread positivity is for this week you can tell a stranger a compliment and remember, guys, stay safe, stay well, and light it up. <laughs> Love and light on a Love lighter and light. note. Love and light on a lighter note. Yes. We'll see you in the next episode. And peace.